My name is Justin Gage, and you're tuned in to the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions Podcast with your host, Jason Woodbury. Please stop asking, I am willing to burn Been hanging out with confirmed kills Some, I assume, are good people And we're getting their best Soon I'm gonna die without letting you know Hey, welcome back to Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions. I'm your host, Jason P. Woodbury. So glad to be here with you today. I'm psyched to be joined for this episode by Chad Clark and Aaron Nelson of Washington, D.C. post-punk band Beauty Pill. Clark emerged from the D.C. slash Discord records punk scene with his band Smart Went Crazy, and he worked on records by Fugazi, Dismemberment Plan, Lungfish, Q, and Not You, and many more. He formed Beauty Pill in the early 2000s, and it has proved a musically and creatively restless project. He's allowed Beauty Pill to shift and morph over the years, and in 2012, the group was commissioned by the Artisphere Museum in Washington, D.C. to craft its album. Beauty Pill describes things as they are, live in public. More recently, the band has released some great EPs, including Instant Night and Please Advise. For this episode of the show, we dug into the oblique lyrical references of these work. This is easily the most Matt Damon-centric episode of Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions to date, as well as dig into the philosophy and artistic openness that sort of guides the project, that spirit of creativity that I find very, very fascinating. We also talk about Beauty Pill's collaborations with the Taffety Punk Theater, which Aaron Nelson uh, was a co-founder of. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed hosting it. We'll speak more on the other side. Before we get into the interview, I want to let you know that if you dig transmissions, the best way that you can help us out is by checking out our Patreon. Aquarium Drunkard is on Patreon, and we are using it to help fund what we're doing here. So if you enjoy Aquarium Drunkard transmissions, or you enjoy Aquarium Drunkard as an entity in general, you can help us continue to keep making this independent project, keep bringing you the artistic recommendations that you uh, that you count on, and you can help us do that by visiting us on Patreon and chipping in a little bit to help us do what we're doing. All right, without, uh, with that plug out of the way, uh, let's get right on into it. Here's my conversation with Chad Clark and Aaron Nelson of Beauty Pill. I'll speak with you more on the other side. Well, I appreciate having you both here on Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions, and uh, it's been a lot of fun going over all of the, the work that you've done that Beauty Pill has released over the last two years it's uh it's it's a good a good stretch uh the band is obviously known for uh sort of taking its time overall being pretty deliberate but it seems like kind of, <laughs> kind of a flurry of activity lately uh thank you thank you i really appreciate this positive spin 
Um, uh, uh, you know, most of my friends are like, why does it take you so long? And, and, uh, you know, um, and where's the new album? And so I, it's very nice when people thank you. Thank you for, for being positive about it. <laughs> well, why does it take you so long? Maybe we should start there. Oh man. You know, <laughs> um, money is a factor, I think, uh, like it, it's out. Do you know Zola Jesus? Do you know the artist mm. Zola Jesus? Yeah. Um, she posted a thing yesterday. This is this is. Uh, uh, I I thought it was. I thought her take was very interesting. Um, she posted a uh, a tweet yesterday that I thought would generate a lot more controversy, but it didn't actually generate as much as I was expecting. Where she said. I think the reason that we've, we're coming to revere older music uh, is because it had a support infrastructure. Um, mm. And, you know, maybe she's talking about the Beatles, the veneration of the Beatles, who I definitely love. Um, uh, or maybe she, you know, or, or Neil Young or Joni Mitchell or these, you know, past time of, of these, you know, towering giants of art, of music and art that we all revere. Um, maybe that's what she's talking about. Uh, and basically she says that, um, you know, those people had money and, and behind them and they could focus entirely on their work. Um, right. and they, and they didn't have day jobs and they, and, and they had staffs, you know, they had people <laughs> helping them make those records. You know, Neil Young didn't record himself. Um, right. he, rec- you know, um, and uh, Beauty Pill, uh, by nature, is is a DIY kind of operation to to a certain extent. Um, and I have high standards. That's that's the. I mean, people call me a perfectionist. Not perfectionist is to me. I know people mean it nicely, but it to me feels like an insult because I don't. I don't. I'm not interested in perfection. But I do. There's no question. I have high standards about what I want to put out. Um, I, it's important to me to, um, you know, it's important to me not to pollute. Sure. I mean, that's honestly the way I view thoughtless music, um, which is very accessible these days. Right. Um, uh, right. You know, it's easy. It'd be very easy for me to just throw up anything onto Bandcamp. Uh, you know, I have, we have a pretty good, um, pretty steady Bandcamp following. I could throw up a bunch of crap onto Bandcamp. And you know, people. Some people might buy it. Um, I just don't want to. I just. I really want to contribute. Like, I really want to contribute. Like, strong and memorable work. That's sure. that, that would have been that. <laughs> that should have been my short answer. I want to be. <laughs> I want to do good shit. That's why it takes yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so for for the sake of the listener, 2020 saw the release of uh, an album, Sorry You're Here, um, which featured music that was recorded earlier. But, you know, after uh, uh, about a decade of gestation, it was released as well as the Please Advise EP. And then in 2021, uh, Instant Night EP. Um, I was reading a few interviews and, and, and in one of them, Aaron, you were sort of uh, uh, given some of the credit for... Uh, I don't want to say rush releasing because it doesn't sound like any of this was rush released, but sort of pushing forward to say, I don't think we should wait. People want to hear things right now, especially 
uh, in the years that we're talking about, you know, the sort of the height of the pandemic. Do you feel like in 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 the band you have the role of of maybe helping to um, push things uh, uh, push things along? I, that 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 sounds dismissive. That's not how I mean it at all. D- does that does what I'm saying make any sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, <laughs> I I think that I have uh, slipped into that role probably just because of what you're describing here with um with my encouragement i would maybe push isn't the right word uh encouraging like (laughs) you know uh firm hand on the back like yeah um, for the release of please advise we had we had the material we had the songs ready to go and then it was what many bands uh faced you know we hit this this pandemic and everybody was scared we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't um uh we didn't know if people were going to be able to digest the music it's funny looking back on it now chad i think our conversations were like so how are people going to perceive this and is this the right time and is and then in hindsight, those were sort of silly questions, I, I think, to be asking, because, of course, now we realize that everybody was at home listening to music and taking in so much media and taking in so much entertainment and art from their from their homes and through their computers and their devices. And I think it was the perfect time to go ahead and release that EP. Uh, yeah. Uh, I would say, I would say, I would say, um, Aaron, uh, you've always, this is like, I mean, I I, I have, I have like a tremendous respect and like awe for Aaron, honestly, as an artist and as a collaborator, but you've always had this very, very plain, um, punk lucidity. Uh, like you've just always been sober about, seeing straight to the to the basic truth of the of the situation and i feel like you quickly as i mean you i think understood this is silly like people want music and (laughs) people want to feel people you know just because we're all in locked inside doesn't mean we don't have feelings in fact it might actually be you know uh, a, a better time to release strong a strong record um, right. and that was very sane and very, and like looking back, that seems very common sense, but at the time, you know, understandably our label was kind of, everybody's a little freaked out and like, what, what, what does this mean? What will this right. mean for the, for the music industry? What will this mean for the band? What will this mean for, I mean, everybody, you know, but Aaron was pretty calm and pretty, um, just kind of like straightforwardly just saw the truth of the matter. And I would say that that's a, that's one of uh Aaron's uh like superpowers she has many <laughs> oh thank you uh I think I think one of the big hang-ups of the I guess a big concern thinking about it now because I haven't thought about that in a while um the release of the album I think many labels and bands were concerned about distribution at the time you know they well, were sure. so scared of like oops okay how do we how do we get this physical product to people? So I think that was also part of the conversation at the time um, because people were afraid to go to the post office or get their mail. And, you know, we still didn't, we thought that, you know, if, if you, we didn't know how this was transmitted at the time. And, and so that was, that was part of the concern. Um, 
Yeah, but, I definitely, I definitely remember yeah. wiping down some some groceries in in a fairly freaked out manner. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. we would take them, we would bring them home and put them in our kitchen sink, yeah. and just like sort of run water over them and like <laughs> I have, wipe them down we, with Clorox wipes. I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. It was just I, madness. <laughs> I actually had a I had a interesting um like what I think what I now realize was a foreshadowing of the cultural um divides that were going to come around the pandemic uh i had my friend tj who was actually sometimes collaborated with with beauty pill he was the drummer on the song on the original version of our, our original like study of of uh of the pretenders tattooed love boys he is the drummer yeah. um and he uh when when the idea of what uh of cleaning groceries came up like oh you gotta you gotta wipe your groceries down tj tj was just like nope i'm not doing that fuck that <laughs> one step too far i'm not doing it he's like he's like he, and it was like i mean he you have to know the guy but he's like he's sort of like that's um yeah that may be the way if that's the way i die that's the way i you know i'm not, yeah. I'm, not I'm not wiping down groceries and it's interesting because it, it this ended up being like one of the big you know social political fault lines is there's people who are you know generally generally um conservative people who are just like i'm not doing i'm not doing this or that i'm not changing right. this or that and i was my first like i just remember thinking come on dude just just wipe down your groceries how hard is it you know um <laughs> yeah yeah well but, but obviously it is it has been just such a such an insane time for the music industry and i mean it's not like the music industry has been the easiest place to survive uh over the last few decades as we've seen i mean the the attendant problems of the streaming situation you know haven't been resolved at all they're still it's still as bad as it's ever been then you add in all of this other stuff um the supply chain issues, the record backups. It's like, yeah, this is, it's not, it's not, it's not an easy time to be a DIY band. Um, and I suppose it's never the easiest time to be a DIY band, but it certainly used to be more sustainable. I have to, you know, I, I imagine, but, but it seems like as far as an adjustment goes, getting these records out as you did, I mean, it certainly enabled me to spend time with them, you know, and that was really appreciated. So I, I think that the the impetus there to to get something out and to, to not only put out records and, and songs, but songs that do have resonance with the times, you know? It's not like you're a completely topical band, but there's certainly some, some topical elements to all this stuff. And so it's thank been... You, thank you yeah. for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I, I really appreciate that thank you well so i wanted to ask about a specific lyric um on pardon our dust which is i live inside my own heart matt damon um Mm -hmm. and i really liked that lyric i was watching the a video on youtube and one of the comments was like hey this is something that prince this is a prince quote prince told matt damon this in response to matt damon trying to make small talk with prince and yes I've got yeah. two 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 things come to mind. One, I can't imagine trying to make small talk with Prince. Like I in my <laughs> in my most dynamic, most uh self-possessed moment, I have a hard time imagining asking Prince about the weather or whatever. But um but secondly, I, I wonder if you if you could tell me Chad or both of you really. Uh what about that story resonates for for you? 
Uh, you know, I I think Matt Damon tells it as a as a. I mean, I I don't know. A lot of people hate Matt Damon. I don't hate Matt Damon. I don't have anything. I don't really know that much about him, but he's always seemed like. I don't know. It seems like a pretty decent dude to me, and um, uh, uh, probably and, not the worst at the very least. Yeah, yeah. not the worst. Um, <laughs> and he's a you know he's a movie star. Uh, I don't know, but he the I think the point of his story. The thrust of his story is that it's it's not a flattering story for him. Oh, it's, sure, it's sure. a story of him, and it's just something that we can all relate to, like you know, meeting Prince and then and then your <laughs> and in your anxiety, um, you know, you don't know what what would you say to Prince? You know, you 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 want you want to like, of course, discuss really intense and deep things, but that's weird. And so, but you know, <laughs> making uh, right. making making small talk is weird. Like, there's not really any good options i think it's a, i think it's a humorous and charming story um about the awkwardness of that circumstance um but the song it just it it just um this it just it just leaped into the song i don't know how to explain that it's like it just felt like a good it like it it um it it just it's just felt it imp- sort of imported it as a phrase it imported itself into the song um i i love that lyric that's a great lyric because i do too yeah in in part of because of how weird it is and and sort of like not weird unexpected i mean you just don't hear matt damon in a lot of song lyrics i guess is what i'm getting at (laughs) we are innovators we are innovators yeah i mean uh, aaron did did you (laughs) i mean when you're singing that song i mean did did it how how you you you've already st- just stated that you that you do love the lyric um did you love it right away or did that one take like some did you have to find your way into that to that one i had to find my way into that one that yeah. was like also this was the first song that chad and i had worked on together that was yeah. not, had not been previously recorded or sung by someone else although chad did chad you, you all played this song live at least once, once or twice before. Yes, like, yes, before we it was did. Recorded and Chad sang it, and that 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 song is a is a great example of something that Chad and I talk about a lot, which is that when he writes a song, he writes. I mean, he will he will send a demo, and it's his voice. And Chad and I are very different singers, and so um, Chad has. Chad has this fantastic way of explaining that he wants all beauty pill songs to be able to like leap from one throat to another so yeah. that if it, you know, in an ideal world, if we, you know, if people still were able to tour and play shows comfortably <laughs> um, one night, he might sing pardon our dust. And the next night I might sing it or, or, or any number of the songs that we could do that with. And um that's one of my fantasies so, of of how we could work very fluidly. Yeah. I feel like um, you don't really see that with like two singer bands. Like, you know, John Lennon never sang Yesterday. It was always a right. Paul McCartney, you know. Right. Um, Wouldn't that have been, that would have just been phenomenal. Like just what a, what a concept, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this song, this was, so this was the first that I had worked on original or a new material I'd worked on with Chad and it was like, it was definitely a learning curve for me. Um, Cause 
I wouldn't say that I was, I was changing how I sing entirely, except it, it, it did ask me to, I mean, it required me to approach my singing differently. And so it did change. I think it changed my, my innate delivery. Oh yeah. Differently. You know, it, it, it changed how I would have delivered it. And we did a couple of different takes of, of this, um, to really get it right. And it's a, there's a spoken, a spoken word slash sing, sing talk way about it that did take a while for me to feel comfortable with. Yeah, um, I feel like once I embraced that, it was like, I, it's just, it's, it's, I love, I love the song. I, I, it's like, sometimes and what an incredible I, line to open a song with, you know, some, sometimes, sometimes I think about how weird the journey has been for Aaron um, <laughs> with this band, because I like, it's, I mean, it's already, I don't know how much you know about the history. Aaron's husband is Ryan Nelson. Right. Ryan, Ryan Nelson was the drummer for beauty pill. Um, and a significant co-songwriter um, during a past era of Beauty Pill, not even the most recent era of Beauty Pill. And so now she has joined the band. He is not in the band. That's part of the background, which is surreal enough. But sure. But, uh, you know, the first song that she's being asked to sing, I'm explaining to her, it. you know, it's not a love song. It's not a it's it's a concept that's you know i um the song is sort of about oblivion um uh and the concept of it it was uh partially inspired by a conversation i had with my brother um who i respect tremendously who's very very smart um and he said during the trump administration he had stopped um reading the news mm. And this is a very educated, very active, very um, engaged person, generally speaking. But he had stopped reading the news. And I noticed, I also noticed a lot of my friends had sort of stopped engaging with the news. Um, and my brother's attitude at that point was just like, I will, I will interact with these assholes, basically, um, when I vote and when I can ha- ha- have a... a have a express my you know my will and my expression my point of view but right. other than that i don't i don't need a daily assault of learning what this these clowns are doing to our world and and i feel like um i feel like all it does is cause me anxiety all it does is cause me misery and i don't feel like there's much i can do about it and and so i'm just basically disengaging and my brother's attitude about the news during that period was that he would wait until someone texted him a link. Um, sure. Like, like, you know, the thing that we were all, we all did to our friends when something outrageous happened in the Trump administration, some insane thing, uh, you know, you text your friend, like, can you believe it? And that's basically how my brother got the news. This seemed to me to be a very interesting thing because it's basically what I'm describing to you is essentially ignorance. It's essentially the choice to like put your head in the sand, which was very uncharacteristic of my brother. And I, but I, I noticed a lot of people were doing that in order to survive psychically, get through those years. Um, right. And, right. 
uh, and that was in, it was an interesting topic to me. The idea of choosing oblivion, um, uh, you know, like as a almost like medicinally, almost as a way to just survive. Like um, a lot of people were doing that, and so I wanted to write about that, but I didn't want to write about it in a in a literal kind of corny way. I wanted to find some other sure. way to express it, and so this song actually is an assemblage of a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, quotes from recent times. Um, there's a quote from uh, Miss South Carolina, I think is her name, uh, or was her, like, do you know the um, everywhere like such as? Are you familiar with that? Whole? No. Okay. No, so if unfortunately. You, <laughs> if you Google the words everywhere like yeah. such as, you will see this video. Okay. Um, it's a video of, uh, yeah, Miss, uh, Miss Teen USA 2007. Okay. Um, she's answering a question uh, in, a, uh, in a beauty pageant, um, and she clearly is n- uh, not a very educated person, not a, not a very literate person, and she's answering a question, a political question, um, and she clearly doesn't know anything, and she's just basically improvising. Um, and she says this sort of uh, this amazing stream of nonsense, basically. And yeah. it was uh, it was like a um, it was like a it was like a big sensation. This is like 15 years ago. It was like right. a, it caused this, you know, it was just an example of just American American ignorance. It's really embarrassing. And when you watch the video, you feel really embarrassed for her. Um, you feel a little bit of contempt for her. Because she's trying to paper over her um, her ignorance by sounding smart. Um, yeah, but, but you also a, but, right. But you also feel a little bit of um, empathy for her because we've all been in a situation where, you know, like I've been, you know, like I mean, you can <laughs> oh, yeah. ask me, like you know an interview question where I just don't have the answer and I just improvise and I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Like that's that's we've all been in that situation in a way. So there's a lot of like. You're going to have a when you see the video, you'll have a lot of mixed feelings about it. Um, Listeners of this podcast will probably be able to point out specific instances of me doing exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. They'll be like, yeah, here are 15 times where you sounded exactly like Miss Teen USA, South Carolina. But no, you know, what's funny, though, is, is what you're saying. I'm thinking about that, that head in the sand thing i also i felt like the song also sort of hinted at when i think about that prince line you know like i think about the distinction between inner and outer life you know and how we did all have to navigate that in a pretty intense and difficult way during the trump i get nervous even saying during the trump era as if it's something that's passed because i don't feel like it has and i'm afraid that it's going to roar back in ways that we're not even ready for. You know what I mean? I would um, agree with you. I would agree yeah. with you. But uh, obviously, if we got any more intense about that, it'd be an entirely different podcast. No, exactly. Well, for sure. So, so that's something that I, that I wanted to, 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 to mention about, because Instant Night is another great song, one that is specifically dealing with that era, you know, and that sort of like, I think, shift in in people's heads, because it wasn't just one it it feels like the trump thing it does feel like it was like an epochal shift right like everything yes. shifted everything mm-hmm. shifted and i feel like instant night 
capture some of that. And, you know, obviously, when you think about the the history of Beauty Pill and the discography, I mean, you're coming from the sort of Discord, Discord world. So everybody knows, you know, like that you're you're not like afraid of politics or you're not, you know, uh, that that's going to be something that you're going to choose to address. But I also feel like it, it's so difficult to write about what's happening or to even think about what's happening, to your brother's point, in any sort of constructive or thoughtful or, you know, you do want to pay attention to what the crooks are up to because we have to. Yes. And and yet the deep sense of like, a bar- it, it's what Steve Bannon said it specifically, flood the zone with shit. You know what I mean? Like you're, yes. it's an intentional thing. They, 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 it was, it was done in a way to completely force us to check out for our own psychic well-being, for the necessity of doing that. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Everything you're saying is exactly what I wanted to write about. It's a lot to put into a song, but I, yeah. but I agree with you hundred percent. This is, but as you point out, the, the Prince quote is actually very beautiful. It's I actually, agree. <laughs> it's actually like kind of a Zen. It's like this absolutely fascinating piece of Zen wisdom. And we can all picture Prince saying it and we can all picture that he meant it. And that because it's Prince, I mean, anybody else who answered that way would be like, oh my God, what a pretentious prick. But because it's, <laughs> because it's, because it's Prince, you know, he means it. And you know, it's like, you really got to sit back and go like, Oh, that's a, like, let me contemplate that, you know? Um, but so that, so the Prince quote is um, the Prince quote is the enlightened side of oblivion. The idea right. of finding, finding peace within yourself and finding, uh, finding a, some kind of spiritual center, which is what he, which is what I think he's in, insinuating to Matt Damon and also embarrassing Matt Damon for trying to have <laughs> trying to have small talk. Um, but, but then it's followed up by the line, the line, the literally the next line is everywhere. Like such as, which goes right to 2007, um, miss South Carolina, uh, uh, you know, being an idiot. And they're both essentially, um, talking about the different sides of oblivion. I mean, this is the, (laughs) this is the problem with beauty pill. It's like, there's a lot of thought that goes into this shit. And, um, you know, like I, I, I've, I'm old enough now where I recognize, you know, I don't expect everyone to get that, um, yeah, to get these things, uh, or to catch these references. It's, it's gratifying to me when people do, but I don't. I used to be a little bit sort of, um, I don't know. I was too sensitive and too, um, I was too easily embittered. I think, um, uh, about not being understood, um. And it's something that actually made me uh, pretty difficult to work with. I think looking back on, like, actually, honestly, looking back on the period when Aaron's husband was in the band, I was easily wounded. Um, and uh, and I'm, I think I'm a tougher person now. And I think I makes me a better artist. Um, uh, but I will admit that there have been times when I'm like, well, how can people not understand, you know, how much <laughs> thought went into this? Um, you know, back in when, as, you know, as you said, we were a discord band and we would often get reviewed like, oh, they don't go very fast or, you know, or, you know, or they're like, you know, like this sort of dumb punk kind of the dumb side of punk. We got a lot of that. And, um, and I, you know, um, anyway, I'm, 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 I'm trying to say like, yes, partner dust has a lot of, um, has a lot of data in it. And Aaron, Aaron joining the band, 
um, you know, this is the first song she's being asked to sing and it's so abstract and it's so <laughs> weird and it's packed with so much shit, but she was really, she was really intent on, on delivering it. And, and, you know, I mean, it was like, I it was a very, pretty magical um, time for me. Uh, and it, very positive. Aaron, as an artist, what is it? What do you what do you need in order to kind of like uh, to make your way into a song? Usually, I mean, it probably changes song by song. But if if you were looking for sort of connecting threads, you know, as a singer, what what helps you center yourself in a melody or a lyric or a, or a song idea? Mm. Um, question I haven't been asked before. I it's. My process working with Beauty Pill is, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's kind of unique because I, at this point, don't have much to do with the songwriting sure. at, at all. And so um, a lot of times Chad will send demos and I will have like an immediate connection to uh, the melody um, and be like, I, I want to sing that, you know, and I can like, I, it, it, it just clicks. It resonates with me. Um, yeah. And it might just be that it's, um, it falls more in line with how I would naturally sing. Um, and so I think just the very, the very basic, like, oh, that's a hook and that feels good. Or that makes me, you know, that makes me want to sway a little bit you know and um that's an but, important, that's a that's a good important thing to note which is that Aaron is a dancer Yo, yeah yeah. That, yeah we've talked about that a lot <laughs> like I think um and so much beauty pill music just it does inspire um like there are a lot of songs that Chad will send that will just inspire movement internally yeah and um and so when I take that on vocally, I do a lot of it. A lot of it comes from, you know, me just playing around with it and seeing what I can bring to it. But then also having to remember that it's already usually written, like the vocal melody is usually already written. And so Chad and I, over the course of working in the past few years, I think we're we're still working towards this. And I, I love this. I love the fact that we, with every song we try, I feel like we sort of try to meet in the middle, yeah. like, or that's what is starting to happen more and more because he's coming from one place and I'm coming from somewhere that's not entirely different anymore as I'm singing more with Chad. Um, and we sort of find this middle point. Sometimes that might be a key change that has to happen or, or something like that. But, um, or, he will have delivered the the line some one way in the demo, but then it just sort of rolls rolls out of me in a different way yeah. that that he likes, you know. Um, and so it's I love I've I've really loved the process of collaborating with Chad on vocals. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the Cure. Um, uh, Aaron and I are both fans of the Cure. I don't think there's any obvious Cure influence on beauty pill but it's um i'm bringing this up because it's because it's interesting to me 
in the in the mid 80s in the in the like mid late 80s the cure um the cure's biggest record was the head on the door i think it came out in 1985 and it that record is entirely written by robert smith solo like he he basically came up with these songs and demos entirely himself um and and uh, the band simply rendered those arrangements into reality and that's how that album was made and it was a massive hit so when you have a massive hit the label and almost everyone around you basically encourages you to do exactly what you just did again Um, but robert smith um chose not to do that for the follow-up record which was called kiss me kiss me kiss me um which came out in 1987 and that record is a, a double record where if you look at the songwriting credits, the, the band, um, most of the songs are, uh, almost all the songs are co-written with Robert or um, almost written without him. Um, and that was also a hit. Um, and, you know, a big deal. It has like, uh, Why Can't I Be You? And, you know, a lot of, you know, very popular songs. I'm trying to remember what the other songs are. Just on- like heaven. Just like heaven. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. These yeah. are like, you know, <laughs> these are these are big deal <laughs> songs. Classic um, cure. Classic cure tunes for yeah, sure. Classic yeah. cure tunes. Yes. Yeah. So I, the re- uh, this is a long winded way of saying I personally am interested in um, not being the sole songwriter of Beauty Pill. Um, uh, and, uh, and I would love to have a more integrated, uh, process where we generate the, 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 you know, the raw ideas for songs together. Um, the way it is, the way it works now is I'm the person I go into my little, um, you know, uh, lab slash fugue state. Um, <laughs> and I come out with an idea that I think is strong and it is appealing. And I basically submit it to the band. Like, like it's like a bill that I'm trying to pass through Congress and they, they ratify it or they don't. Um, uh, and that's the way we work, but I, I'm, I want to be on record publicly on record, that I'm open to, um, a shift in, uh, in, in, <laughs> in process. And I, and I look forward to that. Hey, you're listening to Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions. We'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. Are you curious about the world, but also want to be surprised and even moved? Do you demand skepticism, but also want to leave space for wonder? Radiolab experiments with sound and storytelling, allowing science to fuse with culture and information to sound like, well, music. Join hosts Jada Boomrod, Lulu Miller, and me, Latif Nasser, for an experiential investigation that explores themes and ideas through a patchwork of people, sounds, and stories. You can listen to Radiolab wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Aaron, you have to write a song about about Ben Affleck now. (laughs) And make Chad sing it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. I'd do it. it. I'd do it. I'd sing to Ben. It could be. I mean, that photo of him with the cigarette uh, leaning oh, yeah. against the wall um, and him with the towel with the big back tattoo staring out into the ocean. I think those are maybe two of the like, you know, uh, like 
the most uh those are the images of our time those yes, are our renaissance I, paintings Gen- I, genuinely <laughs> I, I i i maybe you're being sarcastic but i think no actually, i'm not i'm I not being think, sarcastic I think, I think they actually really are i think that those are they're very poetic and the way that you feel about him and the way that you kind of relate to him but also look at him as like this big fucking movie star you know like entitled whatever um <laughs> yeah. Like you kind of have, you have a lot of mixed feelings and, and uh, it's sort of like they're the, uh, you know, they're, I, I think they're like the La Giacondas of, of our age. Um, I, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm down. That's yeah. If Aaron wants to bring in a Ben Affleck song, I will sing it. All right. All right. I feel like this, this challenge might have to be accepted here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's stay tuned 2024. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really um um I really love what you're talking about though about this this notion of like of of ripping up the roadmap like the way the cure did right where yes. where there there is no there is no formula the formula is that there is no formula and I know that like like just just going back and like trying to like really listen pop in on all the different eras of of beauty pill which has been like a constantly morphing and shifting project I I think that it there's such a there's there's such a cool thing about the 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 willingness to go different places, you know, uh and the willingness to explore different modes. On on Sorry You're Here, you cover there's there's a Paul Simon cover and there's a Bowie cover, both artists who will Paul Simon maybe slightly less so, you know, but like both artists who are willing to just completely yes we're going to we're going to reinvent the the formula we're going to we're going to reinvent the machine and i think that that's such a i think that's such an exciting thing and i think about how i mean you've been making music for a long time you know it seems like that that must be crucial to you the ability to be able to say whatever we just did we don't have to keep doing yes yes uh i th- first of all um thank you like seriously, thank you for your positivity, and uh, <laughs> I really, uh, genuinely, really do appreciate it. Um, but yes, uh, and I don't feel. I always feel I want to be very care- careful about like, oh yeah, my peers, David Bowie and Paul Simon, and, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> the bud, the buds, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we're, um, you know, I've been, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have any illusion that we are uh, uh, that we're on parody, but uh, yeah, I mean, those are. Um, you, I think you do have to, I mean, I have to say I'm in a band with some very, um, very smart and critical, um, people with an array of strong opinions. And, uh, it, you know, I think part of why, I mean, I, I'm proud of the work. Um, I think part of why the work is strong, uh, is, um, is that I, I have to impress them, you know? Yeah. So whatever I do, I know that it's got to be something that excites those people. And, um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's why I think there's a, there's a filter that will, you know, I have to, I have to make, I have to make Aaron want to dance and I have to make, um, Devin think it's like, uh, you know, um, fresh and innovative in the way that he expects. And, you know, Boshla has her own metric, um, uh, probably based on being a Beatles and Fugazi fan, I guess we all are. Yeah. Um, uh, 
you know, like I'm, I mean, I'm oversimplifying, but uh, you know, as if as if yeah. Aaron's as if Aaron's criterion is only does it make me dance or not? Um, <laughs> uh, Forget uh, it. I don't like that group. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing um, this. But you know, like I, 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 those are the things. Uh, those are the reasons I think that the music is, is, is good. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and yes, like, the, and and the fact that my band, nobody in my band is conservative. Thankfully, um, actually, maybe there there may be a little bit of a conservative element sometimes. But Arti- in general, artistic artistically, you mean? I mean, sometimes I think I think I think Drew. My there was the guitarist in our band. He would love it if I would write more hits. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, uh, sure. Uh, you know, um, but uh, and I don't really even I don't know how to do that. I have a I have a new song which is which I'm very excited about, which is called Charlotte. I haven't even played it for the band because I'm so excited about it. I don't want them to crush my dream. Um, uh, <laughs> but it's really simple. And it's really catchy, I think, in a way that like Sunhouse records um, or like just just really like really bone simple and cool. Um, it's like is this re- the, did you tweet about this the other day? Is this the one that you yes. wrote in your he- you wrote in your head? I did write it in my head and it's still in my head. And I'm really I'm really excited about it. Um, it's 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 kind of it's more personal than. I normally write and it's everything about it is sort of surprising to me. Um, That's uh, awesome. I, I I mean, we'll see, you know, it's one of those things that it could end up being completely discarded, but I think it, I think it, I'm excited about it. And I feel like the band would, would go, would go with it. I mean, the, the song um, you need a better mind uh, was literally presented to the band at the end of an, of a kind of a trying recording session where everybody was already tired and um and i i and they learned that song in like five minutes and then we recorded and that's what you hear um and yeah, the that band one, that rules i love that song so much thank you thank you i'm really um and everybody just sort of quickly got into it and um and uh you know i feel i feel really i feel really um uh uh very fortunate to have found these 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 people um who 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 get it basically yeah you know you you brought up you know that you're you're kind of trying to impress your your bandmates and your your group um i i was thinking about the title of please advise which is another sort of referential referential thing which i really like when that happens some of my favorite artists um are really like are really good at dropping in references to other things, be it literature or movies or, or, or other artists, you know? Um, and that's obviously a, a kind of cold from the Columbia Records memo that in yes. 1969. I To me, that's one of the funniest things that's ever happened in the history of music. Uh, it really is. It's so, it's actually eternally funny. It yeah. like, it never gets not funny. It's just eternally funny. The quote and, is, and it was, it was, was it Tio, uh, Tio Masaro? Masaro. Masaro, yes. yeah. He, 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 he wrote, uh, Miles My, just called and he said he wants the album to be called Bitches Brew. Please advise. And <laughs> I, it's the most, it's per, well, what makes it so funny to me at least is that 
it's perfectly succinct and there's no uh you have to infer the tone yourself you know it could be uh but you definitely get the sense that that there's like a sense of he's baffled at this at this potential thing you know um there's so many there's so many ways to inter- to read the tone i agree with you that's what makes it it's sort of a little bit a little bit like I think you and I kind of think alike in a way because um, it's a little bit like those Ben Affleck photos you were just referencing. It's a there's, Rorschach test. Yeah, yeah there, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much to feel in there, and that's partially why everyone giggles. It's yeah. like this sort of psychedelic giggle um, because it's also like, come on, that album rules, and well, of course, um, and everyone knows that at this point. Um, but there, but it's just hilarious to imagine there was a point where someone actually had to, like, where that first was said, you know, like, it, yeah. um, you know, and having to, and the the awkwardness of his situation is just everything about that is um, uh, really, uh, really um, funny and and beautiful. I think. Do you, Aaron, have you ever had a please advise moment in regards to to Chad's <laughs> Chad's work? Oh. <laughs> you you don't oh have to God. you don't have Jason, to say anything good. specific. You are good oh. at this. You are very good at this. Um I'll have to cut that part out of the podcast. Um, I <laughs> I'm having a um such as uh like <laughs> such as like everything <laughs> as moment. I have I have no response to that right now. Okay. Well, Jason, let me think on that. That's that that's totally cool. I did I did want to ask you also about about um I don't know if I'm saying this right. Is it the Taffety Punk Theater yeah. Company? Yeah. So so you you're you're that connects the two of you uh all the way back. Um and 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 I I wondered if have you been able to resume shows with the with the company uh yet or is it still in that zone of like it's it feels a little bit weird and and dicey at this point. We have not, and thank you for asking about that. It's like a, you know, uh, there are a lot of theater companies that have started to resume programming, and we, there's so many factors that come in that come into play, and um, Taffety Punk Theater Company, we we really put our our company members and the needs of the company members sort of first and foremost. And so we have to, we have to wait until everybody in the company and that would be involved in the production, um, you know, uh, what they're, we have to sort of gauge their comfort level. Yeah. Um, and it's hard with, with theater, um, as it is with, with music, um, in, in the same way it maybe. um, as opposed to a dance performance where you're throwing your voice out into an audience. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like you're literally throwing breath and saliva and spit <laughs> onto other people. Um, and so that's a huge, big, that's a huge question mark. Um, yeah. We have not resumed in-person programming, but there's a lot of stuff we're working on. In fact, one of which is. Tell a, him, tell him, tell him. Up and coming. There is a dance it's hard to describe what it is. Um, there is a dance film slash music video that will be released later this month um, for At a Loss, which is one of the songs from the Sorry You're Here. Yeah. Oh, which, so Sorry You're Here 
also, um, because I joke all the time that my connection between Taffy Punk and Beauty Pill, and it's just one big incestuous, you know, mess. Um, but Sorry You're Here is the soundtrack for the original play that Taffy Punk produced that's called Suicide.chat.room. Um, and that was written by Marcus Kidd. Um, who was a, a genius. He was like straight who, up. And yeah, Marcus Kidd is that that is his that is how he is known professionally in the theater world. But um, he is Mark Nelson. <laughs> right. Um, my my husband's brother, <laughs> um, formerly of um, and they were in Most Secret Method together. Yeah. Um, um, those of you that may know that band. Um, so Marcus Kidd wrote Suicide Chat Room and asked Chad to to develop the soundtrack for it um so they worked together on that and yeah it was 10 years of back and forth i think marcus always wanted to release that album and i think that uh chad was really questioning whether it was the right idea so we released that in february 2020 and so you know right around the the anniversary of that release here at the end of this month we'll right. be releasing music video which was which will feature um Catherine Zorb and Safi Harriet who were both performers in the most recent production of the show so I sort of directed them through through the movement in this video I say movement instead of dance because a lot of times it's easier to describe What's yeah. people think of dance as like this very specific codified way of moving and everybody's doing it together. Um, but it's a lot easier to just say movement because sometimes it just doesn't it sometimes it's improvised. Um, sometimes um, it's really uh, it's more acting than it is dancing. So. Um, and that was directed by Emily Marquette. She's a, a filmmaker who's currently based in London, um, but she is from the DC metro area originally. So that's so that's cool. cool. It, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's worth noting that I have not seen this video yet. And I'm I know it's uh yeah it'll it'll be coming to you soon, Chad. <laughs> well. Yeah, I find that so interesting, and I, I like because I, I was looking at the the theater's website and noting that there were 10, 10 year anniversary stagings. Like it looked like right before shit got locked down, right before things yeah. got weird, and I wasn't sure if they had occurred or not. But I think they probably yeah. had. They right? had. I mean, we yeah. were literally, yeah, we were actually showing up to um, to warm, like you know, pre show, like a show was going to be on a Friday night and we were showing up to the theater like, Oh my gosh, have you heard about this? Is this real? Yeah. You know, yeah. Just like, you know, and Italy was already going through their mess and yeah, it was just moments before um, we we're lucky that we got that. We got that accomplished. So, but thank you for asking. Yeah. Oh no. I think it's so cool that, I mean, I I'm, I'm such a huge fan of sort of like uh, um, other I like multi multidisciplinary art projects, you know, and I like when things cross uh, mediums and and aren't confined to one thing, because the more and more I engage with art that I care about and the more and more I speak with people who make art that I care about, 
the more I become convinced that it's all the same thing expressing itself in maybe slightly different ways, but the sort of impulse, the creative impulse is, is the same, you know? It's, and it's, it's yes, the raw human, yeah. it's the raw human, um, you know, that weird thing of, um, I mean, if you're religious, it's like, it's like getting close to God. It's, you know, if you're not transcendence. Yeah. 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 I, I, I fully, fully agree. There's a weird thing, which is that, uh, Aaron and I are, um, it actually in just a few weeks, um, going to be speaking, uh, at university of Maryland's, um, uh, uh, MA program, um, about interdisciplinary art. And we're going to talk about, uh, pardon our dust and it, you know, it's, it's Genesis and it's, um, yeah. And the process of, you know, that we use to, to make, to make the video. Um, uh, so yeah, this is, this is a topic that we're going to have to get better at talking about. Um, <laughs> I love it. I mean, but that video and then the, the, uh, the sort of text-based videos, um, mm -hmm. for, uh, you need a better mind and the damnedest thing. I, I, that spoke to, because writing is also, I mean, writing is also part of what we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's yes. also, it's, it's a creative expression. And, uh, and the more I have given myself, uh, the permission to think of it. So the better it's felt, you know what I mean? Uh, cause I feel like all these different kinds of expression, they, it's very easy to compartmentalize them and it's very easy to kind of quarter them off and say, well, what I do when I'm playing guitar is different than what I do when I'm painting or when I'm writing or dancing or any of those things. But and and there are differences, of course. I don't want to <laughs> gloss over the material differences. But I think that the the impetus is is yeah. I think that is that is something that that threads throughout all of those expressions and that desire for that expression is, I think, what motivates art. You know. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I, I I fully agree with you, and it's uh, you very well said. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, it's very rare that that happens, to be honest, that I feel like I express what I, what I'm trying to say, but I do love that. And I love, and I loved the way you, the, you know, I think when I'm, th I'm thinking specifically about, um, about the, the damnedest thing, that's the one where you're, you're talking about William, uh, Egg Eggleston, right? Yes, that is, a. uh. That's a that's a tricky that's a that's a tricky song to discuss because I I don't know the man at right. all and uh, and I and I tried to reach out to him and to people around him to, so that he you know they weren't blindsided by oh there's this song about the fact that you're a drunk you know yeah um, yeah uh, um I mean it is based on a you know it's based on a uh, on I didn't, it's not a, it's not gossip. It's something that he talked about very openly in, yeah. a, New York, in a New York times article. I just thought it was interesting to me was the, what was most interesting to me. If you look at the original interview that inspired the song, he's very clearly trying to downplay it. He's sure. very, he's very clearly trying to say, uh, yeah, like don't make a big deal about this. This is not that, you know, this is not a big deal. And it's really, to me, it's, clearly has to be a big deal of course um it there's just no way it's not i mean i hate to be like it, he's not you know i don't know the guy but there's just no way that it's not a big deal and that to me was interesting uh 
because you know if you if you look at the value of his work if you look at what how his work makes you feel i mean he's one of the greatest artists of our time yeah i completely agree he he's amazing and if those if those big star records didn't have his photos on the cover i mean i love those records beyond belief and they're some of my all-time favorites but when you think back on the iconography you know the the simplicity of those and uh, the Chilton solo record, like Flies on Sherbert. Yeah, it's like, it's absolutely, yeah, he's a genius. He, yeah, he's very clearly a genius. And um, and also why is hard to explain. Like it's actually, yeah. I mean, it's he's someone who is easily easy to dismiss because in a way it's kind of like not that, the pictures aren't that great in a way. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I do can, know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing but, anything flashy in that regard. It's something yeah. else. It's certainly art where it's the kind of art that's sort of like uh, like uh, um, Jackson Pollock, where there are a lot of people, <coughs> excuse me, who are detractors and just think it's there's no, there's no there there. But it's amazing yeah. stuff. It's amazing stuff. I fully agree. And and what is what is moving about it is how haunting is the vibe. It's just the vibe. Yeah. And that vibe. The, when you think about the fact that the guy who created that vibe was probably drunk almost all the time, right. that is that is really heavy to contemplate. Yeah. Um, and, and that and that you note in in the, what you note in the video is I think so hit me like a like a ton of bricks. Honestly, was that you're like okay, so clearly he's making all this art when he's in this state. And then he's like, no, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't make the art when I'm in that state. And, yes. and that just, it, it, I mean, you use the term shocking. It was a shocking profile. I was shocked by that as well because yeah, it's like, well, wow, wow. You know, it's, it's, uh, so clearly, yeah. So clearly there's some explanation. There's some weird, mystical, interesting, absolutely yeah. fascinating story behind it. You know, there's, yeah, there's, there's basically has to be. So that's the, that's what, yeah. that's why I wanted to write the song because it was like it was just so, I'm, you know. Also, I'm not an alcoholic. I've never had an alcohol problem. My heart goes out to anybody who struggles with addiction, and I wanted to. And I really wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of rock and roll songs about addiction. You know, it's not a new topic. You know, there's like probably ten thousand Lou Reed songs, um, but I really wanted to explore the the idea of not understanding your own mechanics because one of the possibilities one of the many possibilities in that in that um william eggleston new york times profile is that he himself doesn't understand it yeah that he, that he himself when he's trying to downplay it it's possibly because he's afraid he doesn't it's like something that's sort of beyond him i mean i yeah. i categorically reject the idea that it's no big deal that to me is clearly false. Now, right. He may believe that, but it's clearly false to me. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, again, it's like arrogant of me to, to, talk, to tell a man who's like twice my age and, um, you know, a, a friggin' art legend, uh, you know, about his own life. But I'm going to, I feel like that's one thing I feel 100% certain about. It's not, not a big deal. So it's interesting to me that, um, it's just, I just, there's so much mystery there and there's so much pain. Uh, and I, I could, I really felt, I mean, I hate to be, this sounds so pretentious, but I really, I really was um, 
seized by the spirit of the character in the song. Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't sound pretentious to me. I think that mystery and that like that that human thing that goes beyond uh ex- explaining frankly is um is like a treasure, you know? That's like what that's what makes this worth it. In my you know what I mean that there's a possibility beyond even explaining that that art allows us these moments to experience and to feel. I this don't is feel awkward. Like, this is awkward. Would you like to join my band? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that good. Uh, I can play guitar. I get, I'm all right on bass, and I'm pretty spotty on harmony. So I don't know that you're. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you want. I don't think you really want me. But I do. I do love what you're talking about. To me, that's the. There's something I do think it's spiritual. I do think it's transcendent. I do think it's um I do think that something happens. I do think we're afforded a door that we can walk through through art. And it's not always um fun. Sometimes it's really scary, you know, or sometimes it's frankly bleak like in the case of of some of what we're talking about, you know, William Eggleston and his and his work, you know. There is there it's terrifying too, but it is all ultimately um, so powerful and so worth exploring, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Th- uh, once again, well said. Um, uh, uh, the, the thing I want to point out about the damnedest thing is the, which I'm weirdly proud of, uh, which I didn't realize is the case was the case is that it uses all 12, the melody uses all 12 notes of the Western scale, except for one note. Um, what, what did that one note do wrong? <laughs> I, I I don't even know what it is. I asked. I like. I put. I I like. We created a little. Um, you know, like it was this dopey sort of um thing on Twitter where we created a, a like a contest that if you could name, if you could tell us the the first person to tell us the note, would get the like the box set of all the different versions of the album, like of the record of the EP of the you know the vinyl and the cassette and the cd um and it was amazing how many like total music aficionados came out of the woodwork to to name the note i don't even remember what the note is i don't actually i actually don't know very much about notes which is a whole other topic Um, (laughs) uh but yeah it was actually i think it was aaron uh, aaron uh harman who is our um, the horn arranger and the bassoonist in our in the in the horn quartet that plays in the band. He was the person that pointed out that the melody uses almost all the notes in the Western scale, and that is uh, really unusual. And I'm very proud of it, even though I don't know what the hell that even means. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. Th- that's fantastic. Well, I feel like genuinely, <laughs> I could I could speak I could speak with both of you all day long. Um, and maybe we'll have to do we'll have to do a follow up uh, episode. But I I do just want to thank both of you for taking the time to to talk with me about this stuff. It's been such a blast. Yes, thank yeah, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Aquarium Drunkard's Transmissions. We know how much competition there is for your ears on the internet, so we are honored that you've opted to spend time listening to our program today. You can find Beauty Pill over on Bandcamp. You can find Chad and Aaron on Twitter. Uh, Chad is a great follow on Twitter. Very engaged and funny dude. You can find Aquarium Drunkard at AquariumDrunkard.com, of course, and you can find us on all of the relevant social media sites as well. We've got links to Beauty Pill's music over at Aquarium Drunkard, and you can check that out along with our show notes. I'm Jason P. Woodbury. I write, host, and produce the show. Our audio is edited by Andrew Horton, and the show is executive produced by Aquarium Drunkard founder Justin Gage. Don't miss his Aquarium Drunkard show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. PST on Sirius XMU. Please consider leaving a rating or a review or simply subscribing or posting a link to this episode wherever you like to do such things. It really helps new people find transmissions and we're always looking to bring more people into the fold uh, here on the show. This transmission is concluded. I'm just